new era in independent art celebration. Indecent exposure. You were convicted of indecent exposure for the third time. That's exactly what it is there, Poindexter. It is four counts of indecent exposure. And this heat is getting a little indecent here in the Berkshires uh, this last few days. But I suppose we're heading into the dog days of summer, if we're not here already. So that's probably normal. Uh, today is Wednesday, July 29th, 2015. I am your host, Jason Velasquez, and I am very happy to have you here with me for this episode of Indecent Exposure here at the Greylock Glass, uh, greylockglass.com. So we have a couple of, of discussions uh, on this show that you're going to find particularly interesting. Uh, the first one is with Ruth Giordano, who is the director of Open Your Ears, a a presentation taking place tonight at the barn in Williamstown, Massachusetts. That's uh, Carl Mullins' barn. And for those of you who don't know, that is the site of many a great live music show uh, of late. Uh, so she's going to talk about this this presentation, of which, uh, in the interest of full disclosure, I am heavily involved. Um, it is an exploration of the prologue in Shakespeare's work and, and the importance of it. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's very lighthearted. We're all amateurs, and uh, and it's for a good cause also. it's uh, Although it's a free show, vol- uh, donations are ex- ex- expected. No, no, they're not expected. They're accepted. They're accepted. Uh, a little slip there. Uh, donations are accepted for a literacy program here in the Berkshires that does some great work. Um, so we're going to talk to Ruth about that. Uh, after that, we have a song uh, that is new to me, though it's not new. Uh, it's uh, by Todd Reynolds, who has been featured heavily on this show. In the last week, we've been doing a, a special presentation that has revolved around Bang on a Can at Mass Mocha, which is still going on uh, this week. And we have featured Todd Reynolds' music so that we could sort of, you know, instead of taking a uh, sort of flitting like a butterfly from musician to musician, we just focused on one musician uh, to give us a sense of, of sort of the spirit of that that show. Uh, and we're going to play a song from him, which is his take on on Robert Johnson's Crossroads, which is really a neat, neat interpretation. Um, and lastly, we're going to speak with a fellow who's been on this show before. Actually, I guess he was on Will Call. Um, Joey Chernella. And for those of you who have been listening for a while, you know that Joey uh, was on back in May to discuss Inkless, his storytelling for grown-ups event that took place back um, at uh, the Six Depot Roastery and Cafe in West Stockbridge. Well, he's going to be putting on another installment of that in August, August, I think, 7th. So... I want to encourage people to head on down. It's it's worth the trip to South County because uh, you've got, I guess, six or so uh, storytellers who are going to be bearing their souls, uh, telling real stories about their lives that uh, may be funny, they may be tragic, who can say? I know that the theme is secrets, so that should be quite a, a night of storytelling. Um, but, you know, the main thing he's going to talk about is actually a trek that he and his wife Alana are taking from Pownal, Vermont, uh, down south to New Canaan, Connecticut. Now, this is a... I don't even know what you'd call it. It's It's a journey of discovery. Discovery of what is in our own backyards. Uh, I know that a lot of us 
as we go you know, back and forth to work or to appointments or wherever we're going, we, we forget sometimes just how much great stuff is here in the Berkshires. And one of the things that they're looking to do is to visit some of the places that they either have just hadn't had a chance to get to or have you know, not explored adequately enough. And along the way, they're going to be listening to the stories of people that they meet. And they're going to be telling some stories of their own. And they're also going to be stopping in to, uh, to sample uh, foods. Uh, so this is a partially a food-centered um, uh, trek, journey. And they're going to be sampling some foods along the way. Now, we're going to talk to Joey about that. They're already on this trip. Um, they started on Sunday, and today's Wednesday. So they've, they've gotten quite a ways into it. Um, you can follow their, trick, their trek on social media. Uh, they are being uh, retweeted. Their tweets are being retweeted by a number of places, and we'll have links for that. And I think Joey discusses them. And they are going to be uh, probably doing quite a bit of writing about it. You may know Alana as a, a food writer, a cookbook author. Uh, she writes a bi-weekly column for Rural Intelligence. She's going to be sharing her experience about this walk uh, as a guest blogger at Yankee Magazine next month. So it's going to be going to be a big deal. And one of their media partners is, um, is well, not media partner, partner partners, is Berkshire Farm and Table that has helped put together some of the food dimension of this, this, this slow Berkshire's walk. And so definitely uh, when you get a chance, head on over to Berkshire Farm and Table. And I've got a link to that in the show notes as well. Uh, so, but for now, let's go to the interview with with Ruth Giordano, who's going to be talking about Open Your Ears. So, Ruth. Hey. What did you think about that rehearsal last night? <laughs> what a charming group of people to light into Shakespeare and throw it around the room. We had a ball. We had a ball yeah. in a barn. <laughs> Dost thou speak like a king? Do thou stand for me, and I'll play my father. Depose me? If thou dost it, so half so bravely, so majestically, both in word and manner, hang me up by the heels for a rabbit's sucker or a poulter's hair. There you go. And, and of course, this is, um, this is for anybody who doesn't know, and, and I didn't know until last night, the, the barn is about as charming a place as you could see a performance Anyway, it's it's a Carl Mullins barn over on Green River Road in Williamstown, and um, well, just give us a just tell us what it looks like inside. It's cozy. It you you know you're in a barn. I'm not gonna you know you, you're not nobody's trying to fool you, but Carl has set it up for house concerts for his friends and himself to play for their friends and themselves. Um, I think he's going often with these concerts. Uh, the, the address 1401 Green River Road has gotten to be a familiar refrain. Um, Carl Mullins Barn is a place that musicians in the area uh, know about. And I want to say, what's your best word, um, Jason, for non-professional, but your heart is in it. You want to play, and that's why you get together with your... It's a community thing. What am I talking about? Well, you know... Meaning of Go ahead. Well, the thing, I, I only learned this, um, I don't know, just very recently. Um, the word amateur 
the root of that word is is love is amor and i yep. didn't i never yep. realized that so a yep. lot of time the word amateur is used sort of disparagingly but i think it not it ought not to be because i mean after all when you're doing something for the love of it I mean, that's that's about as good as it gets, right? Blood, my lord, they are false. You get the gold star. That's exactly where I was going. Well, I mean, that's 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 why you're doing what you're doing, right? The best in what, you know, amateurism at its best. That's what we're seeing. We're seeing the passion of people who love literature and theater and radio. I mean, there's a whole bunch of classifications you could go through to describe Red Room, Radio, Redux. Shall I go back? May I go back over the list? Yeah, of course you. Yeah, may. it starts. It starts with literature, or and storytelling. I think they're pretty close in hand in hand. Um, the idea to tell stories from the canon, and not the canon's mouth, like the bang bang canon, but from the wealth of Western literature to t- to to re- retell the story, and that's where the redux comes in. To a wide audience, that's our mission. Red Room Radio Redux retells old stories in a slightly different way. Um, not that radio drama is a new thing. Uh, we know from the 30s and 40s there was a golden age. And I, well, I don't have to tell you, Jason, what fun it is to listen to the old programs. Um, so there we are. With a puff of smoke telling- and a blaze of light, the, yeah. the Lone Ranger rides in out of the wet. Yeah got the voice and the sound effects and it, it, it appeals to such a wide variety of people um, I don't know if I have time to tell you my life story but shall I mention I'm, I'm living most of the year out of the United States far away in a very different culture but with our global society now people on the other side of the world who are educated and speak some English know who Shakespeare is, they know who Macbeth is, they know who the witches are. And so to retell the story, yes, I we perform in English, retell the story and bring them into that scene, they get an they get a re experiencing of of this piece of work. Uh, I just picked Macbeth as an example, but most of the scripts that my scriptwriter has developed are from classical literature or something close to it. I want to do Aesop's fables. Who doesn't know a little something about Aesop's fables? And yet it's not part of the Asian culture. So, oh, they say, oh, we have stories like that. Oh, you mean just... It's, it's, a, it's a way of communicating with this new, new-to-me culture that I'm mm. living in. Yeah. Now, this is, this is Taiwan. Yes. And they... You, we, we sat down and we had a, a cup of coffee over at uh, Tunnel City last week and you were telling me that they they have one at least the one in taipei they have a, an english language radio station and you were invited mm-hmm. to, to to do a show on air right mm-hmm. yep what, it what, was what, a great honor what did you do um we did <laughs> well let's see we did a christmas carol charles dickens um it's, it means the world to me to hear that story once a year. I'm in, I'm in a group of, uh, I, I mean, I'm just, as a resident of Taipei, as a foreigner, 
there there are people like me around, people who are away from home and yet making a living in Taipei and from English-speaking countries. And that's that's most of my audience right there. I know I mentioned the non-English speakers, and there are plenty of them too. But when I get together with people and we read out loud a story that means to me so much as Dickens' Christmas Carol, and we not only read it out loud, we take parts, and then we start to have fun with the sound effects, what could be better? Oh, yeah. So we, uh, yeah, it was an it was a thrill to be asked to, to go play with the big boys. The manager of the the only, it's the only English speaking radio station. He wanted to up his his quality. It's a pop radio station, and they really um, they're looking to draw in a wider range of people. Just in the past couple of years that I've been with them, they've purchased TED Talk. Um, so that yes, enough there are enough people on Taiwan Island who will listen and and benefit from TED Talk, hmm. and there are enough who are you know tuning in to hear the old the old radio style stuff. Well, that sounds great. Yeah, yeah. I guess we're in edutainment. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, let's, you know that. Yeah. Let's face it. If you do bring, I mean these these classic works and 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 you know it's funny that dickens himself thought that that uh that a christmas carol was was trite and did not he wrote it for money is what is what he thought he was doing and he whipped it off quickly to pay the bills and that has become and, and you know you know i'm sure sometimes the things you do fastest are end up being your best um, but certainly it ends up being his best-loved work, along with you know, Oliver Twist and a couple others. But when you bring that to a new culture, yeah, there's going to be little nuggets that are recognizable to them, no matter where they are. I mean, the the, the, the themes of greed, of selflessness, mm-hmm. of regret, um, all of these things, they're all stories that we know, um, but they may have a different you know, different uh, protagonists and, and antagonists in their tales, their folk tales, their historical works. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good point. Yeah. 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 Well said. So you, um, but you're here now and, um, and you've decided that Red Room Radio Redux, um, is, is going to get a, is going to get a, an audience here in, in Williamstown. Why? Well, I knew I okay. Let's see. Starting back, not too my whole life story. I, I raised my <laughs> children in Williamstown. Um, we lived here almost twenty years before my husband landed this terrific job in Taipei, and we continue to come back here and live over the summer. This is part of my global living. I have a foot on either side of the globe, and I know that folks here, my age, slightly younger, slightly older, but um, are wonderful uh, candidates to perform this type of work and whether um, I think it I think it I can stretch that from there there are others who would come and hear their friends read out loud uh, just just knowing the level of education that's here the interest in in cultural things um, the community in other words people are interested in what each the other is doing um, I, I'm very proud to to share what I'm doing with my 
old neighborhood. Say, look what we can do together. Community thing. Yeah. Well, let's bring it up to let's bring it up to last night. We had first rehearsal for "Open Your Ears," which is a an exploration of prologues. Mm-hmm. What's mm-hmm. the What's the history behind "Open Your Ears"? Well, "Open Your Ears" is a a, a um, expletive. No, <laughs> "Open Your Ears" is a, a three words that Shakespeare used to call attention to the fact that a play was beginning. And we don't know, but it probably it might have happened everywhere. People came to listen and to watch performances in the 1600s, and there was probably a great deal of noise, the people not settling down to to sit and listen. They didn't have lights going down. They didn't have music coming up. They didn't have a ritual so much as a town crier, open your ears, open your ears. Um I'm picturing maybe there was a little something of a parade, and I think a pavan is the word for it, for that, when the actors get together and call your attention to what's about to happen. Um, the title also comes from uh, love of listening or and promotion of listening. Um, Red Room Radio Redux was born out of a program that I visit often in Taipei that is most it is mostly in English, but it's we it's meant to be for all languages. Where listening is the activity, we come in and it looks like a party. Um, there's wine, there's snacks, but then someone calls attention. They don't. They might say, "Open your ears once in a while." Let's sit down. Let's be quiet. Let's listen, and we give each other time to to speak or sing. It's usually someone's own poetry or no, just a piece of prose that someone wants to share with a group and we're giving we are given the experience of being heard so now i'm coming around to saying you know in this modern world of ours we need to be heard and to be heard we need to give each other respectful listening yeah so that ties in open your ears was the very first thing that red room radio redux did after about for me a couple of years of going to a place where Listening was the order of the day, and it's not church, and it's not the movies, and you know, it's 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 a lively place for personal uh, expression. Now, it is not church, but it is live, and it is not a temple, but in Carl Carl's barn, uh, there are pews. <laughs> and he says that once upon a time they were they were hard to get. Nowadays, he says you can you people are just about giving away pews, oh. and um, and it's it has a very strange. You feel that while it might not be holy, there is a reason for reverence, mm. because it is a performance, and there is a circuit. I don't know this. This is just my take on it, but there is a certain. Uh, sacredness to performance for other people live uh-huh. Uh-huh. and, and um, I don't know if uh, if we're going to ask anyone to, to reflect upon that as we perform open your ears I actually I don't want I don't want people thinking that deeply I don't think um, oh. but uh, but it's a great space it's a great oh, space and um, and you've got um, oh it's it's your standard uh, sort of you know 
auxiliary barn size. It's maybe, oh, I don't know, 24 feet by 40 feet, maybe, uh, uh, maybe, yeah. maybe more, maybe 60 feet. And it's got, you know, fairly high ceilings. Uh, it's got the pews uh, that you, you'd be, you know, where the audience sits. And then it has a sort of a, a place that's not an, a raised stage, but it's obviously a performance space with some lights and uh, there's some speakers uh, because we will be, uh, we're going to mic at least some of the performance of Open Your Ears uh -huh. so that there'll be some, some audio there, which will also mean yeah. that uh, Carl can put it through the board and, and maybe record it so we can make it available to people who, who can't make it live. Uh, he says he can fit about, what, 60 people, did he say? Yes, he did. He did. Yeah, he has really made that a um, a, a workable space. As you mentioned, the, the lights and the microphones, he's, he's technically adept, as well as being a performer himself. He's a musician. I know that. I haven't heard him play. And he's in our play. as uh, He's taken several roles. Um, Carl's, I like to call it Carl's Barn, but he says, no, the name of it is The Barn, capital B-A-R, capital N. <laughs> okay, The Barn. Well, he gets to play all the toms. <laughs> and that, I think, was, was great because he actually is, is just right for every one of them. Um, you have it set up so that we get a little bit of a, a history lesson a lighthearted history lesson about edutainment. Edutainment, yeah. that's right. And uh, he gets to discuss the the notion of what is the whole, all the worlds, the stage. Now, I assumed that it just came from Shakespeare, but uh, as we discovered, that's not exactly true. Um, and Carl fills this in on those details. Carl also plays a great Falstaff. Perfect Falstaff. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm glad you think so. Oh, I think I so. Am, I'm so pleased with our rude mechanicals. Now, for anybody who knows Shakespeare, rude mechanicals is familiar, but um, most many people know that the title Midsummer Night's Dream, and within the play, the Midsummer Night's Dream, there is a play. Um, the actors in that play within the play are sometimes referred to as the rude mechanicals. They're workmen. Um, they're a tinker. I think it's a tinker and a tailor, um, a joiner, which I take to mean is sort of a carpenter type, um, et cetera. The bellows mender is actually the one that I heard Jason pumping out a lot of air. <laughs> he's the bellows maker, and he's quite a character. And within this um, play that I, that I, we've, that we will present next Wednesday to family and friends. At Carl's Barn, within this play, there's a play of these rude mechanicals. Um, it's it's going to be a romp of a time. It's a it's a time to let loose and have some fun. How did you think it went that first night last night? I, I'm very pleased. I'll I'll confess I was nervous, but that's me. Um, I'm not nervous about the quality of what what's going to go on. Um, that was actually, yes, that was a first rehearsal. We had a meeting before that where we sat and read several different scripts. And uh, this one, with all of the Shakespeare, is the one that the group liked best. So, I, you know, yay. I mean, not only did they just like it because it was Shakespeare, but they did very well with it. I said, okay, 
you know, let's take a challenge. Well, and it's a fun script too, because, you know, you, you, it's a sort of whirlwind tour through a few different um, shows and mm -hmm. the whole theme that holds it together is, is, you know, the prologue and the importance of the prologue. But um, what I, one of the things I think that people should understand is that um, we ran through that script just quickly, just, you know, we ran through it once and we picked it apart last night and then we ran through it again, just really breezily. And mm -hmm. it, it clocked in at under 45 minutes, mm -hmm. which is probably mm -hmm. shorter than it will be. But are, are we guessing that it's going to be like an hour, a little less than mm -hmm. an hour, probably? So people don't have to feel like they are, you know, anchored or, you know, chained to their to their seat for, for the evening. Um, mm -hmm. This is a nice, yeah. lighthearted, breezy, and, and fairly, you know, digestible piece. I hope so, yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it works. It works that way. Now, the right. so yeah, this, when you said forty-five minutes, you reminded me of the radio hour. Right. This particular piece has not been recorded for radio; has not gone over the air in Taiwan. But I have worked with the radio engineer on several different um, scripts, as I mentioned, Macbeth and um, Christmas Carol. I also did Treasure Island and a shape. Uh, sorry, a uh, Sherlock Holmes story, and we fit things in between the radio, um, the, the, the news, right. and their station breaks, and it has to be just such and such a, a time period. But, you know, also in this in this day and age, we're talking about getting things into bites. Well, it's it, it, my play is not a bite, but um, it's digestible. Yeah. And <laughs> again, um, the address... The address is uh, 1401? Mm -hmm. 1401 Green River Road, Williamstown, Mass. If you know where Mount Hope Park is, it's in the vicinity of a um, of a, a severe curve in the road at Mount Hope. Okay. And it's going to be at 7 o'clock on the... Mm -hmm. On Wednesday, July 29th. Fun, fun, fun. Um... We are hoping to have a to have a, a basket, and and this is as Carl pointed out another good reason to have pews because when you pass the hat around, people feel compelled to you know drop some coin in there. But we're going to be collecting, um, and this is purely voluntary. Um, we you know this is a, a bonus feature. So if you happen to uh, to remember to throw a couple of coins in your in your pocket, um, we're collecting for the Berkshire County. Jail and House of Correction, singular, literacy program. Yes, I wanted to donate money to a literacy program. And one of our members uh, volunteers at the Berkshire Jail and House of Correction. In their literacy program. Yeah. In their yes, she goes and reads with them. So, again, not compulsory, but uh, if you've got yeah, a... Thanks for mentioning that. Well, yeah. You know, I think that, um, you know, it's... So much of the 21st century is not about the examination of big themes, right? I mean, so much mm -hmm. of it is about tweets and sound bites mm -hmm. and six mm -hmm. and, and six second videos, and mm -hmm. it's really hard to to wrap your head around 
the huge themes that people wrestled with forever. And Shakespeare shows that these were common preoccupations among not just the nobility, but the masses too. What is honor? What is loyalty? Uh, what is failure? What is greed? Um, what is true love? Um, and maybe, maybe were we to return to some of the, of that examination and learn, because it takes actually learning. It takes, uh, you have to learn how to, to study these things, mm-hmm. not to think mm-hmm. about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. our society would not have quite the number of ills that it has today if, if we were more, more better versed in these, these big questions. That's my soapbox for today. Okay. Big okay. themes, big questions yeah. here on the Greylock yeah. Glass. You heard okay. it? <laughs> so we have another couple of rehearsals to go through. And um, and we're going to be using scripts, though, right? I mean, you're not going to take the scripts away. Not at all. No, this is radio drama. And radio um, personalities have the luxury of having their script in front of them. Um, the more we rehearse, the more familiar the actors will become with their parts, but they never have to leave them. So the audience in this case is really part of the show because they are sort of playing the part of a live studio audience. Absolutely. We're going to expect and and encourage applause, laughter, gasps, and more applause. This is going to be so much fun. Yay. Now, I hope... I hope, you know, we may have to move it outside because if too many people find out about this, we may have to set it up on the stage outside because it might have to be a, an outdoor radio uh, drama. Uh, because I have a feeling people are going to hear about it and they're going to want to, they're going to want to get a taste of it. Now, there's also a Facebook page, isn't there? Did somebody set up a Facebook page? Yes, yes, it's Radio. I'm sorry, Red Room Radio Redux. Okay, well, we'll provide a link to that in the show notes. Um, Great. uh, Please do visit the Facebook page. And do bring your friends out to The Barn, 1401 Green River Road, uh, Williamstown. And uh, we're going to have a great time. Yay. Ruth, thanks so much. Thank you, Jason. Talk to you later. Mm, Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's Open Your Ears, presented by Red Room Radio Redux tonight. Uh, Wednesday, July 29th at 7 p.m. at The Barn, 1401 Green River Road in Williamstown. Uh, Remember, it is a free show. And bring your friends. It's going to be a great time. Uh, We're going to get to that interview with Joey Chernilla, and he's going to discuss the uh, the hike that he's taking with his wife, Alana, uh, and also a little bit about the uh, the upcoming installment of Inkless. But first, I wanted to continue our exploration of bang of the bang on a can festival uh, sort of in the context of todd reynolds uh, whom we've spoke with whom we've spoken quite a bit uh, i do want to to play a song off the 2011 release that uh, that we've mentioned uh, and this is not exactly a cover i wouldn't call it that it's it's definitely a reinterpretation of robert johnson's crossroads uh, and i think it's going to blow your mind Certainly blew mine. So let's hear that now uh, off Outerboro by Todd Reynolds. The song is Crossroads.
Do I know how to pick them or what? That's Todd Reynolds with Crossroads off his 2011 release, Outerboro. And you can pick up a copy of Outerboro by going to greylockglass.com, uh, clicking the link to the Indecent Exposure channel, and finding this episode, it's episode number eight. Uh, in the show notes, there's a link to that uh, to that double album CD that you can pick up, um, and, and it is chock full of other mind-bending works of sort of different flavors. Now, he also collaborated with several other musicians on this album, so uh, there's some really great, uh, great flavors and textures in there. Um, let's go to that interview now with Joey Chernilla, who, even as I speak, is somewhere in the Berkshires hoofing it uh, by foot, uh, and I hope, given that it's getting to be the noon hour, that he is drinking plenty, and Alana are drinking plenty of fluids uh, to keep themselves hydrated uh, on their walk across the Berkshires. So, Joey, it's been a little while since you've been on, on the Greylock Glass. I think you might have been on on the Will Call show, which I guess is where you are again. You've ended up here again. How are you doing? I'm doing great, yeah. Yeah, it's been a fun few months since I talked to you. Yeah, although I guess we ran into each other at uh, Six Depot Roastery and and gallery, didn't we? Just a couple weeks ago. It well, yes, that's true, and uh, and it was fun because we got to talk about the last Inkless event, and we get to talk about the the next uh, Inkless event on August seventh. But uh, gosh, that's yeah. coming! That's right around the corner, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's I'm pretty excited about that. No, that is just uh, now. What's the uh, well? Let's talk about that. What's the um, what's the theme of this Inkless storytelling event? The theme is. What? You've heard that. But the theme is secrets. So, so you're going to be ask, you're going to be asking your storytellers to tell tales that revolve around the idea of a yeah um, something. Yeah, and you know, and and secrets is an interesting theme. Uh, I was out walking with a friend of mine to the river the other day, and uh, we got caught in this wicked sudden rainstorm uh, where jumping in the water made more sense than standing out in the rain because the water was actually warmer than the rain. And we came out of the river sopping wet and we climbed up onto this river bank. And I looked to my right and I saw this tree with this deep hole in the side of it. And I was sort of surprised to see it there. And I turned to my friend and I said, you know, I was looking for that tree all last summer. And, uh, and I couldn't find it. And she said to me, why? I said, well, last year I had this burning secret. It was like hurting me. And I was just kind of wandering the fields like Isaac, you know, sort of with this burning secret in my chest. And I could never find a tree to whisper it into. And there's the tree. And my friend kind of paused and she said, oh, well, the sky's clearing up. You, you want to go tell a secret over there now? And I thought about it and I said, no, this one will keep. And, uh, that's the funny thing about secrets is that you just really never know uh, if they're just going to burn forever or if they're just going to kind of uh, simmer down, uh, you know, to a low and slow setting. And um, so a lot of the secrets uh, that I know our storytellers are, are telling uh, have been on the back burner for uh, dozens or, you know, tens of years um, before they could uh, finally 
express them. And uh, for other ones, it's it's uh, you know much more uh, about a, uh, a, a a secret that you could uh, uh, they could never tell the intended person uh, uh, again. So uh, it, it's a pretty exciting theme, and um, it actually is a pretty even mix of really surprising, some kind of hard stories, and some incredibly funny uh, stories. Now, uh, you did some different things uh, this time. You you asked people to, to pitch their story, right? Yes, yes. I asked them to pitch their story, and um, I uh, uh, made them aware of, of our time limit, because uh, some storytellers, uh, I'm not naming names, went a little over the time limit at the, at the first show, and I want to get uh, people home to their... Uh, kids in a timely manner, since I did ask uh, uh, visitors to the last English event to uh, kindly leave their children at home, and I'm asking for that again, so the storytellers feel comfortable sort of, uh, uh, you know, bearing their, uh, bearing their all. Uh, there, were so a there were a couple of youths, they weren't children exactly, but there were some like, like 15, 16-year-old kids there last time, and, and I don't think anybody held back either. No, 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 no. But uh, yeah, I mean, and I think that uh, I mean, do you know the game Cards Against Humanity? It was it was a little bit like playing Cards Against Humanity against a teenager, uh, where you know you end up being the one whose ears turn more red than the kids um, because <laughs> you just don't know if you uh, can cross that line or not. But uh, I think that's what happened with the uh, with the storytelling show last time. Uh, you know, m most of the adults just sort of. Uh, glazed over, and it was actually such a, a a warm and welcoming environment, and I'm hoping that uh, maintains that I don't think anyone felt like they needed to uh, uh, be guarded with with uh, what they were saying. Mm. So you know, and it's a funny thing too. You mention um, hollow trees and secrets. Mm -hmm. I that reminds me of a story I haven't thought of in oh countless years. It was a it illustrated. It was a children's picture book called King Lavra. And I'm sure it's based on something, probably something scriptural somewhere. But um, there's a, a musician who is late. Oh no, he's a there's a barber, and every mm -hmm. every year the king gets a haircut once a year, and every year the barber is called to the castle to cut the king's hair and then sent to, and then imprisoned, sent to prison, and so the the prison is full of barbers, one for every year of the the king's life. Oh, it's a, sort of like a Scheherazade deal. Well, in, <laughs> reverse, in reverse, though, because yeah. the king gets his hair cut, sends the barber to prison so that nobody ever sees the barber again. Um, one barber begs the king and says, I swear I'll never tell a soul. Uh, I have to you know, take care of my, my poor sick wife and you know, eight kids and da, 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 please let me go. And for once, the king has pity on, on the barber. And the barber is has this burning secret in his in his breast and he knows he'll, he'll he has to tell somebody he swears he never will but you know how that goes so yeah. he whispers into the into the hollow tree into the hole in the tree king lavra has donkey's ears oh. which is the secret and um ah. let the hilarity ensue because you think you're telling it to a hollow tree and that it'll never go anywhere after that. Well, you know, maybe not. So, um, <laughs> so, happens. so this is at six Depot roastery and, and cafe and gallery, uh, in West Stockbridge. That's uh, right. What's, what's the night again? Say that again. It, it was on uh, Friday night, August 7th, and it's at 7 PM. 
and the show runs about two hours. Um, there's a $5 cover, and um, at least the last time, the last show, they uh, provided a dinner menu, which was fantastic, uh, a special inkless menu for the night um, where they made uh, sort of uh, different rice bowls and, and uh, really good stuff. Um, so uh, we'll see if they do that again, but you could definitely come hungry. There uh, ought to be, tell Lisa, tell Lisa that there ought to be a secret dessert that you can order oh like if you have the the secret word maybe that or yeah you get a discount if you know the secret word or you don't know what it's going to be oh you just order it and you don't know what it's going to be i see of course it would have to be nut free and peanut free and (laughs) gluten free and and all that blind dessert yeah yeah. so well that's fun are you going to give people you're going to have an intermission this time I highly, um, rec- I know you don't want to like lose people at the intermission, but I, I highly recommend because there were people who were like looking to, to get another cup of coffee, and then one guy who was actually telling a story was late to tell his story. I can't remember who that was. I don't know who that because was. he ran out. He was desperate to get another cup of coffee. Yeah, I remember. Um, well, I tried. You know what I did was I, 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 I sequence it so there's a song between every story. And I get fidgety playing whole songs for people. I, you know, that internal DJ turns on, and I want to switch it up. Like, oh, people must be tired of this. Maybe I'll just let the whole song play. So at least you get five minutes between every story. But I, I felt like that break between stories was essential uh, for people to kind of turn to their neighbor and chat with them uh, to, or to just sort of have that driveway moment where they're kind of soaking it in. And uh, with this one that's coming up, even more sort of time uh, between stories is going to be helpful uh, for people to sort of absorb the material. Now, what's uh, kind of funny about this, Joey, is that, the, and, and this is sort of the story within a story, because you you know all of these secrets already, and you can't tell them. Actually, I don't know all of the secrets. Mm-hmm. Some of them are being kept secret from me right up until the time of the event. Okay. Um, and uh, and I haven't told anybody my secret, so I still got that one in my pocket. That sounds like a lot of fun. I, I expect to be there. Um, oh, yeah, it should be. But we're going to talk about something else, something that uh, has a bit more more range, doesn't it now? It does, about 75 miles of range. You're going for a walk. You're take, you, you, Papa needs a new pair of shoes. You're going for a That's- walk. That's right. And I actually did finally buy a new pair of shoes because my blendstones that I've had for four years finally fell to pieces. Bless those shoes. But uh, yeah, I got a new pair of shoes so uh, that my wife and I could uh, take a walk from uh, Poundville, Vermont down to Canaan, Connecticut. So we're going to walk the length of the Berkshires over eight days, uh, just uh, in a few days. We're, we're heading out. That sounds uh, that sounds like quite a, a trip there, and yeah. you've picked a, a nice toasty season to do that in. Nice yes. warm August weather, yeah, July weather. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Also happens to be a period of time where both of my kids are at sleepaway camp and when I am not teaching, so oh. it all works out. It's pretty so, ni- pretty nice, pretty convenient. Joey, why are you <laughs> why are you walking the length of the Berkshires? Well, uh, it's not a protest so thing, this is, is something it? that, that uh, I've been dreaming about for a number of years to walk the length of the Berkshires. And uh, for some silly reason, I always had this image of not doing it on 
uh, trails because I, I know many through hikers and I meet them a lot in town. And, and, um, uh, I think what they do is, is utterly incredible. What, what, what I'm imagining is so small by comparison, but I always pictured that I would be walking on roads and, uh, there was actually a governor of Colorado. I grew up in Colorado. A governor of Colorado in the 70s, his name was uh, Dick Lamb. And uh, he was a, a quirky guy. And he actually set out and walked the length of the state of Colorado, which is uh, a little bit longer than Massachusetts, um, right. in order to meet his constituents. And uh, I don't know if it was a political stunt or I don't know what he was thinking when he did it. But uh, it sort of lodged in my mind as a kid that you could do such a thing. And I always wanted to do that uh, here in the Berkshires. Uh, so uh, I sort of paired that up with the fact that there are all of these sort of uh, Berkshire landmarks that uh, as a working person in the Berkshires, I don't spend much time around, like such as the Red Lion Inn or uh, Tanglewood or uh, Baskin Lodge up on top of Mount Greylock. These are just places that I don't uh, get to, but I drive past. And uh, so we set out to walk roads between inns or bed and breakfast the way they do in England and uh, see if we can uh, stay along the way and sort of learn something new about this place that we live in year round. And I imagine you're going to be keeping some kind of journal of this, this event. Yeah, uh, well, we uh, we have a hashtag, which if, if your listeners want to uh, put into their phones on Instagram, our hashtag is going to be patience and August comes. Uh, patience, no spaces. Patience, patience and, and August. August comes. Yeah. And that is a quote from Herman Melville, whose house we'll be stopping at along the way. And uh, it's actually from a short story called The Piazza, which he wrote about his experience living in the Berkshires uh, in the 1840s. Uh, and at the time, he was building this farm and uh, was putting up a piazza, which is sort of like a porch, and was trying to decide uh, which facing uh, he was going to do. And all of his neighbors uh, had very clear opinions on, on this. And, and they kept saying, you know, you got to turn it to the south or to the southwest to get all that nice light in the winter uh, or else you're going to be depressed. And uh, he kept saying that he wanted to turn it to the north, because to the north was his Charlemagne, which is his name for Mount Greylock. And um, he said those opinions from his neighbors came in the lion month of March, but patience and August comes. And then he had this beautiful, cool room to sit in and look northward uh, at Greylock, which, of course, became later the whale's back for Moby Dick. Um, so I, I don't know. I've had my eyes on that mountain for a long time, uh, and have driven, driven up a couple of times, but the idea of, of taking that, that classic walk from North Adams all the way up to Baskin Lodge, uh, at the summit, uh, has, has long been a dream of mine. Well, it's, I'm, I'm sure it's pretty, a pretty good day's mm-hmm. hike. Um, yeah. now this is an eight day hike, huh? Yeah, eight days. Now, how and did you, again, how did... a through hiker could do it a lot faster. Sure. We're really taking our time. Um, yeah, eight days. So we'll we'll start out uh, in Powell, Vermont, uh, walk down through Williamstown and into North Adams. Uh, we'll be staying at uh, the Porches Inn. And, uh, I mean, I even know where we're having dinner. We're going to go to Gramercy Bistro, which I'm very excited about. And uh, from there, head, head up Notch Road the next day and uh, uh, take the AT. We'll be going up the uh, 
the trail that uh, Henry David Thoreau had gone up, uh, I think also in the 1840s, uh, uh, to the summit of Greylock. And then coming down again on the uh, west side into Lanesboro, stopping over at the Old Forge uh, to meet some friends for a beer, and uh, uh, staying on Lake Pontusic, and then heading into Pittsfield, uh, staying at the hotel on north and eating at eat on north which i'm very excited about i've heard amazing things about the place and then down into uh into uh you know down holmes road to uh stop at melville's house at arrowhead and then down to edith wharton's house uh, the mount and uh landing eventually at cranwell uh going to a, a tanglewood show at ozella hall as long as the weather's good um and then down into uh, you know, South County stuff, uh, Nomkeg Gardens, uh, a beautiful home in Stockbridge, uh, over to the Norman Rockwell Museum, uh, the Red Lion Inn, uh, and uh, then all the way back down up to, uh, to Monument Mountain, the other great peak of the Berkshires, and, uh, and then into uh, Great Barrington, where we'll stay at our home. And then on the last day, uh, we'll walk down to Ashley Falls at Bartholomew's Cobble and hike up Hurlburt Hill, um, which just backs up onto the Connecticut border. So that's yeah, about 75 miles total and uh, a lot of uh, quintessential Berkshire sightseeing along the way. Hmm. I mean, I'm curious that you're actually going to spend the night in your home. Yeah. Uh, well, our kids will be back the night we get in. They'll be back from a week at sleepaway camp. And so, um, we really can't go more than a couple of days, uh, without really missing our kids in their way. So Makes we sense. really want to come back and see them. Um, that's going to feel pretty great. And, um, I'm also just excited to be home. I really like the idea of being a sightseer everywhere else in this, uh, area that I love so much and I think it's going to be great to kind of bring those eyes to the you know literally my own backyard and uh, see what's here well this is this is fantastic so you'll be taking pictures you'll be you'll be posting updates yeah well uh, we're actually there's a new magazine um, uh, focused on New England uh, arts and culture called take magazine and we're going to be taking over their uh, Instagram feed uh, over the course of the walk to post pictures of, uh, cultural activities, uh, pictures of people, um, that we meet along the way. And, um, hopefully they'll let us in their yards. And, uh, <laughs> um, and then, uh, uh, we'll also be posting on our own Instagram accounts. Uh, and then, you know, Alana, who's uh, a writer, uh, and a darn good one, uh, will probably be writing an article about it, uh, after we're done. Now, is it the case that she's going to be a guest blogger on Yankee Magazine site in late August to coincide with the September October issue too? So once we, she gets done with that, we can we can follow her there too. That is the case, yes, and uh, it's it's pretty exciting to uh, be uh, asked to to do that uh, with with Yankee Magazine, um, you know, especially because you know the Berkshires is just a, a small piece of their kind of coverage, so pretty cool that Alana gets to talk about this place since she was the one who dragged me back here after college. <laughs> and you have not regretted it since, I'm sure. I really haven't. I really like it here. Um, and, uh, you know, the way that Alana talks about it, I, I, she's sort of the more prosaic of the two of us that, you know, she, you know, says the best remedy for wanting to leave a place might just be to go deeper into it. And we've certainly had those experiences where 
we want to, uh, you know, get out of town when all the tourists come here. We want to go somewhere else. We want to go to Maine or we want to go to Spain or whatever. Uh, some some big far flung place and uh and I really like this idea of uh being tourists in our own backyard. I I think that this is a place that is worthy of a deeper look. Uh every time uh I I take the time to be here I really do enjoy it so much. That's fantastic. Well, Joey, I wish you well. Um make sure you get some some uh have have you done a walk like this uh of this length before? Never. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna stretch. Well, you're I'm gonna stretch. Now. Lots of water. Um, uh, you may want to stop by uh, uh, and your favorite outdoor s- uh, s- supply store and see if you can get some moleskin. Was it moleskins? Mole something for I, your the, for your feet there that you can. Put I in. did. I got. I picked up moleskin when I picked up the shoes. It's nice and light, but I heard it's useful in a pinch. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah, it sure Boy, is. If you're hiking, it sounds from, like you're speaking from experience here. Yeah, Jason. I, I'll tell you, I'm. I was never a through hiker, but I had the opportunity, and I was positioned to hike the Pennsylvania leg of the Appalachian Trail. Mm-hmm. And um, and most people of the through hiker hikers looked at me and said, "Of all the godforsaken stretches of the trail, why Pennsylvania?" There isn't a single spot that you can put your foot down flat on the ground for the rocks. <laughs> There's rocks the size of your head. There are rocks the size of grapes. There are rocks the size of grapefruits. There's nowhere that you can actually just step your foot down on that trail. At least that's the way it seemed to me for about, you know, 180 miles or whatever it was. It 180. Was a, oh, I don't, I'm making that up. But it's it's not a small state and it's not a small leg of the trail. No, it's, it's definitely taller than Massachusetts is. And, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I met a, a, a woman who was uh, hiking the trail with her children, uh, just mom and her kids, and her trail name was Mama Bear. And she had her three kids with her, including five year old twins. And uh, at the time I had talked to her, this was in mid-July, and she said, yeah, we left Harper's Ferry, Virginia on May 23rd, uh, and we're heading north to Mount Katahdin, and uh, they had done the other half, the southern half, uh, last summer, uh, so that would mean that her kids were four at the time, and and these kids were so up for it. They looked, you know, uh, dirty and bug-bitten, but absolutely eager for more walking, and I, uh, I was so impressed uh, you know, here I was at the line at the uh, big Y saying, wait, let me get this straight. You walked here from Virginia? <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, pretty impressive. Well, you never know. This might be this might be the bug that bites you. You may be looking for greater and greater hikes uh, every wait, summer after this. We'll see. I mean, uh, you know, we've sort of chosen this uh, central Route 7 leg of Berkshire County, but uh, you know, uh, taking the, the eastern side and going over uh, October Mountain and into Beckett and Sandusfield actually sounds amazing to me. Um, or going uh, on the western side and going, uh, you know, through the Hancock Shaker Village and, and seeing sort of uh, the Shaker history of the Berkshires and in, on into Richmond and West Stockbridge. That also sounds incredible to me. So, you know, this is just a, a place that we could be exploring for the rest of our lives. I don't even think we would have to go elsewhere or farther. Um, just go deeper. That's true. That's true. And um, and I'm glad that we got a chance to go deeper in our discussion about storytelling and travels and uh, and and just the experience of life, which uh, always proves to be 
rich with detail when you open your eyes. Um, That's right. I think uh, I think what we'll do is a. Uh, can you send me a? Because I want to I want to put a um, a photo of you you and Alana before uh, you go. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to put it up on the on on my site. Uh, uh-huh. Send email me a, a photo, and that way we can see the bedraggled, um, weather beaten uh, Joey and Alana at the end of this trip here. Who knows? I might look like the guy you know after eating a year of Subway sandwiches. You never know uh, just what I might look like at the end of this uh, eight days of walking with my I- wife. Yeah, the good news is she's my best friend, so I really am looking forward to a little uh, time with just the two of us uh, having a chance to talk without uh, the life's many, many, many distractions. Uh, that part's pretty exciting. You know, it's it's from the knees down that I'm nervous. You know, I'm so happy for you. I really am. <laughs> this is going to be great. I can't wait to hear all about it. All, all right, right well, I'll send you pictures. Send me pictures, and before before you leave, send me a picture of of now so that people can see. You know, Joey and Alana before. The hopeful picture. A hopeful picture. Well, you know, I've got to put something. What am I going to put? A picture of uh, of the road? Uh, yeah. No, no, no. I need, I need a picture for this story. Um, okay. But anyway, uh, good luck to you. Tell Alana I said hello. And uh, and happy, safe travels, man. Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye. Good talking to you. That sounds like a really great way to spend a week or so just trekking across the Berkshires leisurely, stopping in here, talking with people there. Uh, I'd be lying if I said I weren't just the littlest bit jealous. And I, I think that some version of that trip is in my future, maybe maybe in the fall when, the, when it cools off a bit. Um, I have provided, I think, as many ways that you can keep up with their travels, Joey and Alana's travels, uh, through social media, not their travels through social media, but their travels, and you can keep up with them through social media, if that makes any sense. Um, Twitter, Instagram, all those links are there. And links to uh, their digital spaces uh, for when they get back, such as Inkless, or um, I've got links to Rural Intelligence, where you can read uh, Alana's biweekly food column. And uh, I've also got links to the organizations who have helped make this trip possible. So do check them out. And if you come in contact with them, uh, let them know you appreciate that, uh, that they're doing this and that you thank them for supporting uh, this kind of adventure. Um, I guess that's about it for this week, right? I mean, you know, what, what, what else is there? Make sure you check out uh, Open Your Ears at the barn in Williamstown tonight. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Take care.